You're listening to Nightlight. Hi, and warm welcome once again to Nightlight. Well, it's been around 10 months since we had Melvin as a guest on the show because he's been back at his home in the US. But he's just arrived back here in Uganda for another of his mission trips. And before he heads off up country, I grabbed him and sat him down here with me in the studio. Melvin, nice to have you back on Nightlight and welcome back to Uganda. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Well, Simon, thank you so much for having me, and I'm so glad to be back in Uganda, and I'll soon be going to Tanzania. Yes, it's so exciting. I've been waiting the whole year for me to be able to come for these two months. Uh, and the reason is, Simon, because in the States, I've been uh, teaching in a in a Christian school. So mm. as soon as the, the summer break started, even before it started, mm. uh, my principal allowed me to go like three days in advance so that yes. I'm here, I could spend more time here. And I'm super excited to be here because this time the Lord has also given me some very uh, interesting classes, uh, you know, that I would like Mm -hmm. to teach to pastors and, you know, uh, students. And And which you'll be sharing with our Nightlight listeners, I'm sure. Yes. uh, Some of those classes, yes, I'll be sharing on Nightlight. uh, uh, But it's so exciting to be here. And from the day I landed, I just wanted Mm. to start teaching (laughs) because I had a little bit of jet lag maybe the first day. But from the second day, I was gone, and you know, mm. I think I already had like almost nine different classes uh, with different people already. Yes, Melvin. This time, before you start anything else, I want you to share some of your testimonies of how the Lord's also been using you to teach the Bible in the U.S. Yes, Simon. Yeah, because uh, <clears throat> when I first came to Uganda in 2013, and I had got, I went back to the states, and I thought that you know the mission field is just you know not in the States, but somewhere outside. Right. So, of course, you know, I kept coming back for five months, six months. But now, since last year, I had to take a job in the States when I was there. And uh, What kind had, of job? The first job I took on was a, a job at a children's shelter mm-hmm. after I went back from uh, Uganda. Yes. And that was like in 2016. Mm-hmm. It was a Christian, supposed to be a Christian uh, institution. So when I went there, I was not able to talk a lot about about Christ mm-hmm. and about anything from the Bible because they were, even though they had a Christian name, uh, because of all the legal yes. thing that goes into it, I was not able to ta- you know do a lot of teaching. And so I was still, you know, trying to be faithful and be happy and do what God, you know, wanted me to do. But I kept praying that, uh, you know, God would give me a job or a place where I could actually, you know, be able to share more of everything that God has given me through the Bible and through all these years of, uh, you know, being a missionary. And so it was just in the back of my mind, I would just pray, but of course, every day I tried to be faithful right. and cheerful in whatever I was doing. And of course, some of the teenagers and children I was working with in this particular shelter in San Antonio, they were very wild. Yes. You know, they were on medication. They came from broken families. And so, you know, they would scratch you. They would hit oh. you. They would, you know, break the windows of the <laughs> uh, institution. And But we are not allowed to do anything because, you know, you're supposed to just pacify them, which you couldn't. You can't discipline them. No, you can't discipline them. You can't shout at them. You can't, you know, of course, you don't want to shout at them. But what I'm saying is you can't verbally, you know, give them any kind of uh, strong correction. And also the teachers that work there, you know, I got a chance to witness to them, but they weren't as open to it. Mm-hmm. And so 
I was praying, and then I was searching on online for you know a teaching job. Yes, and I found one at a church. Right, uh, you're a math teacher, is it? Yes, isn't it? I, yes. yeah, I teach math, and uh, you know, of course, my goal was to teach the Bible. Right, and so uh, I had an interview. The principal invited me, and so when I went there for 45 minutes, we had an interview, but almost 40 minutes of that time was talking about my missionary work mm -hmm. and Jesus and what the Lord is doing, you know. So for five minutes, he didn't even want to look at my certificates or anything. He mm. just said, when can you start? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I started uh, teaching uh, math and science. Mm. And it's a Christian school, so it's not like we have 20 or 23 kids like in the public school. Yes. When I used to teach in public school, it was it was uh, too much because you have 23, sometimes 28 kids and right. you know, very unruly kids. Yes. But here I only had seven. And so, you know, I was able to spend a lot of time in the Bible with them. Mm -hmm. So my first class when I start the school, I mean, when I start the day is, is Bible. Mm -hmm. And so they had a curriculum, you know, teaching about kings or mm -hmm. from the Old Testament. But I asked the principal if I can teach the New Testament mm -hmm. and all about, you know, how the grace of God works and everything. Mm -hmm. So he said, yeah, go ahead. And so for the last two years, I've been able to just teach whatever God laid on my heart, Wow! you know. And so uh, God opened a door for me exactly as the desires of my heart, mm -hmm. you know. And of course, my desire was to be able to teach. Mm -hmm. And so once I started teaching the students, of course, in the beginning, you know, it's hard to have the teenagers settle down to the Bible, but, mm -hmm. you know, the Lord you know, helped me how to teach it in an interesting way. Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, do some fun stuff, but at the mm -hmm. same time, teach the meat of the word. Wow. You know, and uh, one of the teenagers um, who was, you know, in the class, she was quite a uh, handful. Mm. Like she was, you know, uh, even though she comes from a Christian background, uh, you know, she's uh, she was very hard to handle. But just giving them the input mm. every day. Mm. Of course, they can't go anywhere. They sit there, mm. right? <laughs> and so they've been listening and listening and listening. And this girl, I mean, after like three or four months, mm -hmm her attitude completely changed. Wow. Not because I did a lot of correction, mm. hardly, you know. So this second year, this is my second year with them, and uh, this year I hardly have to use any disciplinary action. Wow. I don't have to, you know, say anything like, if you don't do this or do that. It's just like, you know, the Spirit of God just changed mm -hmm. them mm. and helped them. So now instead of having an hour of Bible, I have mm. an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the student says, sir, can we have a whole day wow. of just Bible? Yes. You know, so I teach them end time. I teach them, you know, grace of God, you know, the authority in Christ, uh, how to overcome fear, all the classes that I actually teach, pastors and other people. And that you've taught on this program before. Yes, I taught on this program. I teach it to them, but more in depth because I will take a subject that I, I teach a whole week, Right. you know, from every angle so that, you know, uh, and then, of course, um, when I do that, the parents get involved. Mm -hmm. Like some of the parents, the kids go home and they challenge their parents. Did you know that this is in the Bible? You know? <laughs> <laughs> or can you find this in the Bible? Or, you know, I have a couple of uh, students who are, whose parents are Catholic. Mm. And uh, so the church that I'm teaching in, it's a, it's a Baptist church, and they've been trying to get them to come to the church, but they don't because they feel like, oh, we are Catholics and they, you know. Mm. But because I teach from a, from a point of not a, a non-denominational point, you mm -hmm. know, I'm not part of 
any particular denomination. So they yes. feel much more comfortable yes. with me. So now some of the parents are coming for the classes. Mm. Just before I came, I had a whole day of Bible class from 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.15 in the morning till 2. Wow. And I had two of the parents mm. who came for the class. Catholic parents. Yeah, Catholic wow. parents. They wanted to come to the class. So it's really interesting how, you know, if you really have a desire mm. for God's Word, He's going to open the door. Mm-hmm. You don't have to push it. You don't have to, you know. Mm. All you need to do is have the desire, Lord, I want to teach. I want to spread your Word. Mm. And He's going to open up doors that you could not have opened. Like I could not have opened mm-hmm. because this, this school, most of the time if you want to teach high school, you know, you have to have all these referrals and, you know, certain qualifications, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. the Lord overcome all of that, and He just gave me this job. And some of my students are now, you know, they were like 60% in math. Now they're going up to 90%. Oh. And the parents are so interested, I mean, so excited. And I don't take any credit for that. Mm-hmm. It's because I think because, you know, the Bible says, entrance of thy word giveth light. Mm-hmm. It giveth understanding to the simple. Mm-hmm. So because I'm able to teach the, my first spirit as a Bible, mm-hmm. these kids are getting the entrance of their, you know, God's mm-hmm. word, which gives them light, mm-hmm. and it gives them understanding. Not just in in biblical matters, uh, God's word, but also it opens up their mind to be able to learn mm-hmm. other things. And wow. so I'm seeing firsthand a group of teenagers who is able, to, whose uh, minds are working according to what the Scripture said. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, in the beginning, they were fighting a little bit against the word, but now they just love it, you know. <laughs> and so I'm excited to go back uh, in August and be able to start, you know, teaching. And of course, you're going to have more kids come in. Mm. Some kids go, some kids come in, mm. depends, because it's a, it's a Christian school. Mm. And so that's like with the, with the children. But also every day morning when I go to school, there's one or two teachers who wants to hear God's word. Mm. So before we start the assembly mm. in the chapel, I get like 15 or 20 minutes where I can actually spend mm. uh, with some teachers. And mm. so sometimes what happens is we are given different entrances so that when the kids come in, there's two teachers to you know greet them, mm-hmm. greet their parents. So whoever is with me that day, I mm. get a chance to talk. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they like to learn. Even if it's only 15 minutes, mm-hmm. I get to pour into them. You know, mm-hmm. So it's not just the students, but the parents and mm-hmm. the teachers I'm able to share with. Mm-hmm. You know? And so for me, it's like, it's like a dream come true. Even though, of course, they pay me for working there, yes. you know, which I need. <laughs> but at the same time, I never had an opportunity like that where right. you could teach all day. Wow. I mean, not all day, all week, at least an hour or an hour and a half mm. of good, solid God's Word. Mm. So that, you know, for me, that is a blessing. It's nightlight. What a delight. Well, Melvin, I'm looking forward to hearing some of the testimonies from your time teaching in that Christian school. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of them, but I, I want to come, uh, I want to share a little bit about uh, how God has been using uh, healing. Okay. You know, and uh, I mean, for so many years I've been teaching and, uh, you know, preaching God's Word. Mm -hmm. But recently, like a year and a half or so, God has been emphasizing on me the importance of uh, uh, ministering healing Mm. and praying for people. Right. You know, and uh, of course, healing is a big topic and I would like one day to teach it, Mm. you know, because it's, uh, it's really amazing because most of my life, 
as a missionary, I thought that uh, healing was uh, something that God gave to us depending on whether we were holy enough mm. or we were deserving enough or, mm. you know, and that he would pick and choose mm -hmm. who should get healed and who should not get healed. Mm. You know, so that kind of a mindset kind of blocked me from really exercising mm. healing for myself and also for others. Mm. So when I started studying um, the Bible and also, you know, researching on uh, on the internet on people who usually use uh, healing as uh, on a daily basis. Mm. So I was praying about it. The Lord said, yes, you know, uh, Anyone, anyone who is born, uh, again, who's a child of God, God wants to use us to be able to minister healing. Mm. But what happens is because of we have strongholds, like basically in my life, I had this stronghold of that, uh, oh, maybe God won't heal me, mm. or he won't use me to heal, kind of stop me from really praying for people. And sometimes, you know, I pray and then it happens mm. and sometimes it doesn't. So I started thinking like, oh, maybe God is choosing to heal them or not choosing to heal them. Mm. But when I really studied the Bible, and I mean, I think for the whole year last year, I've been doing a lot of studying on the healing. Mm. And so what the scripture says very clearly is that the believers shall lay hands on the sick mm -hmm. and they shall recover. Mm. See, that's the basic foundation. Mm. And so, and the Bible says, like, you know, by his stripes, we were healed. Mm. So just like God supplied uh, salvation, forgiveness mm. of our sins mm. through Jesus' blood, he also provided healing mm. because he got his body broken before he went to the cross. Mm. And Isaiah 53 talks about it, by his stripes, we, you know, we are healed. Mm. But Peter talks about it as in past tense, by his stripes, we were healed. Mm. And in Romans 8, it talks about if you have the spirit of the Father living in you, then that same spirit will quicken or bring life to your mortal bodies. Mm. It's not talking about once you die and we go to heaven, mm. but it's talking about right here. If you have the spirit living in us, the spirit will. So I got all excited and I started, you know, when I would get sick or headache, I would depend on the Lord that, you know, your body is already broken. Mm. I need this healing. And amazingly, the you know I've been in health. I mean, of mm. course, I get attacked like everybody else, but uh, instead of taking a defeated attitude, mm. I take a you know a victorious attitude that oh, this is already done. Mm -hmm. Jesus already did it, mm -hmm. and so I just have to claim it. Mm. And so, so I just so I've been seeing more and more healing in my body, mm. you know, personally without having to go to somebody to, you know, to ask them to pray for me. It's not that I wouldn't. I have people pray, you know, pray for me too. But this got me all excited. So now I want to reach another level in my, in my walk with the Lord where mm. I can uh, able to heal people. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that happens, you know, just overnight. Mm. As you do it, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. And the reason it didn't work is not anything to do with God. God is willing mm. that everyone be healed. But it's somehow I missed you know, having that particular confidence or faith in that particular situation. So I'm learning and now things are coming up more and more faster than it used to before. Mm. So in my class, when I went uh, to teach last, not this last school year, but the year before, there was a, uh, a daughter of a pastor in, in, our, in my class. And she, when she first came, she had a monitor, mm. like a heart monitor in mm -hmm. her, you know, inside her uniform. And so I thought it was her cell phone. <laughs> 
So I said, you know, you need to take your cell phone out because you can't have, you know, cell phone in the classroom. So she was like, no, this is my heart monitor. Mm. And so sometimes I could see her holding a heart and then I have to, you know, they take her to the hospital. Mm. And so, you know, when she plays, uh, sometimes uh, she she had to sit down holding a heart because her heart was... And so I asked her, can I pray for you? Can I lay hands on you and pray for you? And what she said, no, hmm. it's okay. You know, I have to go to the doctor. So I said, well, I'm going to pray anyway, you know, mm. <laughs> because God God wants you to be healed. Wow. And so uh, when she just went out to the doctor, I got my class together. I said, guys, we're going to pray, you know, uh, for her so that, you know, the Lord can heal her. And so we prayed for her. And I left it at that. You know, I just trust the Lord. Okay, I prayed. Now, God, you take care of it. Of course, I followed up with praying for her. Even when I think about her at home, mm. I just keep confirming my faith. You know, I'm not asking God to heal her again, but I'm asking God that because we prayed for her, according to your word, now you need to heal her. So after you know, a few months went by, and she started going less to the hospital. Mm. And now it's been almost two years, and she's never worn the monitor anymore. Wow. And she's been playing, you know, volleyball, uh, running, doing all kinds of stuff. And I've never seen her holding a heart or sitting aside. She she can keep going more than the other kids. Wow. Of course, I don't take any credit for that. But, you know, I was placed in a situation where God expected me to pray for her. Yes. You know, and so now she's walking around. She's, you know, she's happy. And, you know, and when I look at her and she's, I ask her, do you have, your heart pain again. She she smiles at me and she knows, she knows that because we prayed for her, <laughs> yes. she got comforted. Because um, Simon, in the States, it's not so much like in Africa. I see. Right? Because in the States, uh, people are so completely dependent mm. on on medicines and on uh, the doctors, oh, I see. the medical system. Well, here too, there's pharmacies everywhere. Yeah. But there, you see, what happens is because of the insurance, you know, uh, because you have to take insurance, mm. it's compulsory, or you pay a big fine at the end of the year. Mm. Like some some families, like one of the teachers that I teach, who works with me, she she pays two thousand five hundred dollars fine Gosh. for her and her kids and her husband. You know, I paid around six hundred and fifty dollars last year because I didn't take an insurance, and so they make it compulsory. See, that what happens with the insurance, Simon, is that once you take the insurance. What happens is, say, every little thing that you get in your body, instead of praying and depending that the Lord can heal it, we go to the doctor, mm. you know. And so what happens is, once you go to the doctor, it's not like here. Mm. They will test you for everything. <laughs> you know, you just go for their simple little thing, mm. and they're going to take you and test you with this test, or you have to have that test, or you have to have this test. Because the doctors don't want to be at fault. They want to make sure you're cleared of everything. And so that takes a lot of money. Mm. And so because you have insurance, people are more willing to take all of these tests. And of course, you know, the insurance pays that you have to have a, you know, uh, the payment that you pay. And then of course you have the medicines that come up. But if you have Medicare or Medicaid, or for some reason you don't have to pay so much, then you go to the doctor all the time. For anything, so if your child gets even a, car, a little cough, you take them to the doctor, and now uh, they are ministering, administering uh, steroids. Gosh! Even for a sore throat, you know, <laughs> anything like that, they they're giving steroids to to kids, even to little kids. 
you know, because they say, okay, this steroid plus this antibiotics is going to help or whatever way they do it. I don't go to the doctor so much, but just hearing from, you know, the teachers that I work mm-hmm. with is that even the Christians are now mostly all totally dependent on medicine. So even if you talk about, oh, can I pray for you before you go to the doctor? They look at you like, what are you saying? And of yeah. course, they want, they will not say, don't pray for me. But that is the way it is going. And so the pharmaceutical companies and doctors and clinics make so much money out of nothing. Actually, uh, maybe a, a ginger tea mm. will heal you off if you don't really trust in God. Mm. You know, you have some herbal, you know, garlic or whatever you can take. But people are so dependent because the door is open where you can go and get either free medication, like if you belong to a certain, you know, class of uh, income or if you're you're older and you can have Medicaid or Medicare or whatever it is. And so people just continuously go. So the faith that Jesus Christ uh, paid with his body for us to be healed is very rare. You know, people are not going that way. They are more apt to listening and to the doctor's report Mm -hmm. more than to the report of God. So Simon, you were there last Sunday. I taught a class on Mm good report or evil report, yes. you know, which I I very much like to teach wherever I go because that is, you know, distinguishes us between a believer and a non-believer, mm-hmm. you know. And so the system in the United States, and I'm sure people around the world, they follow that, especially countries like Africa, India, mm. and, you know, uh, the smaller countries, they want mm. to follow the American standard. But mm. to be honest, I have kids in my school that are like four or five years old, but they're on medication. Gosh. And they can't operate without medication. We're not talking about medication for the body. We're talking about medication for the mind. You know, and they're not crazy. They're not, they're good kids operating. It's just that they need some discipline. Mm. (laughs) You know, the parents don't discipline them. And at school, we discipline them, but still when they go home. And so if the do- if the parents don't get a doctor's report and something happens to the child then the parents get to go to prison gosh and so what happens is they have to administer whatever the doctor is telling them to do and so in a way you know the system has kind of closed in on on christians and of course all other people so much so that you don't have a chance to exercise your faith gosh you know, and so, you know, more and more now, even in the States, I'm teaching on healing mm. and, you know, encouraging people to give God a chance. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to doctors, shouldn't go to use medicine, but at the same time, if you start building your faith and mm. depending on God, you can see God's divine healing mm. starting to manifest in our life. Mm. It might take some time, but it's worth it. Because soon when the Antichrist comes to power and you have the mark of the, you know, the the chip, the mark of the beast, all medical clinics, everything will be open only to people with that kind of uh, access. Mm. You know, if you don't have a mark of the beast, then you probably have to end up having, you know, having faith to live a life that God has given us. You know, so mm. that's what I've been doing mostly <laughs> in in the States, and I'm excited about it. I actually have another uh, testimony about healing from one of my students. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. 
Well, let's take a breather for a song and kind of on the topic of Christian versus secular education, I think you'll enjoy listening to this one from Jeremy Spencer. Young world, we are living in a young world. In spite of what they've told us, it's not as old as they'd have us believe mm-hmm. Young world It's good to know that it's a young world As simple as it sounds It's only been around since Adam and Eve This world and its treasure of deep mystery created for our pleasure as a brief history young world will see in time that it's a young world like a little child's barely out of its infancy In spite of its heartaches and growing pains Time will tell when it can safely be free from its reign Young world, we are living in a young world In spite of what they've told us it's not as old as they'd have us believe As simple as it sounds It's only been around since Adam and Eve Young world, Jeremy Spencer, Young World. Nightlight's interview of the week. And back with us on Nightlight is Melvin, who's sharing some of his testimonies from his teaching ministry in the U.S. That's interesting, Melvin, that the Lord has given you the faith to pray for people's healing. And I believe you have another outstanding healing testimony from this school. Yes, Simon. Uh, I mean, it's amazing that, um, you know, God's word says that, uh, you know, the word that comes forth out of his mouth shall not return to him void. Of course, he was talking about Jesus when he sent his word, that is Jesus. He sent the word into the world and the world accomplished, Mm. like Jesus accomplished everything that uh, prophecies talked about him and God expected him to accomplish. And he returned back to his father. And of Mm. course, we have the return word you know, and we have the living word in our hearts, mm-hmm. you know, that is Jesus. And we have the written word, which is what gives us the faith to do what Jesus did. Mm. Right. And so I have a boy in my class called Evan. Of course, he comes from a Catholic background. He's only 12 years old. 
but he's so smart, like in math, science, you know, he's really, really good. So he's in ninth grade, and I was teaching him uh, ninth grade and eighth grade uh, the last two years. And uh, of all the other children that are in my class, Evan is the one that's most interested in the Bible. You know, he, he, he doesn't even want to be late. He doesn't want to miss the Bible class every day. So he's <laughs> there, and you can see in his eyes, he's like, Full concentration. There is mm-hmm. no, you know, he writes down the scriptures and sometimes I'm quoting the scripture. He says, oh, sir, that is from so-and-so. You know, <laughs> all I have to do is have an, uh, find me that verse. And he, he's already highlighted in his Bible mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he has this vacuum for the word. And especially when I've been teaching on, you know, healing, I can't teach on healing too much because the church that I am in, you know, they don't practice that so much. Which denomination? Uh, well, that's a Baptist denomination, okay. you know, and I mean, I like the Baptist, they're very wonderful people, they're mm. evangelists, I mean, they love sending people mm. abroad, and everyone in the church is very, very love-filled mm. and kind, and you know, you can see the fruits of the Spirit, mm. but somehow, you know, healing is not like something that they mm. major on, mm-hmm. and so I don't really teach it like in depth to mm-hmm. my kids, but you know, of course, uh, most of Jesus' ministry when he was on the earth was uh, in healing. Mm. You know, he demonstrated God's power by healing, so people got attracted to the gospel. Mm. You understand? And they mm-hmm. came. So, I believe that you know that's one of our ministries today. But anyway, when I teach uh, on different miracles that Jesus did, Evan really gets excited. And it so happened that uh, three or four weeks before I came to Africa, one of Evan's neighbors. I think he's in his middle age. I think he drinks a lot or whatever, you know. But he got admitted in the hospital, very serious, in a serious condition. And the next day, or the day after, the doctor called the family of that patient, said, please come because uh, we can't save him. He's dying and he's gonna pass away anytime. So please come say your goodbyes. And so the whole family and also Evan's family, they went to say goodbye. And this this man was in a very critical condition. He couldn't really talk and stuff like that. But uh, Evan told his mom, Mom, he's not going to die. <laughs> you understand? His mom was like, yes, I understand, you know, mm-hmm. your concern, but the doctor said he's going to die, you know? Yes. So he took his Bible and he sat next to him and he prayed for it that God would heal him. And, you know, I don't know exactly what he prayed, but he prayed, you know? And then they all went back home and the next day, the doctor called the family wow. and said that, hey, he's better, <laughs> you know, and he was moved wow. from the ICU or wherever he was to a normal ward because they don't send you home right away, right. you know. But he's healed and he's healed now, Wow. you know, and all the doctors, nurses, all of the patient's family, they all knew it was because Evan prayed because wow. none of the medication, none of those could work. Yes. You know, and That's so Evan's mom came running to me. Mm. You know, the next day I was teaching a class. She came knocking on a class door. Oh, you know, Mr. Melvin, I want to talk to you. I was like, can it wait for a few? She said, no, I want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in a Christian school, the parents interact yes, yes. With, with the kids. So sometimes the parents come and help, Right. you know, with uh, some teaching or, or lab work or whatever. And so she came in and she was all excited. She said, you know what happened, Evan? prayed mm-hmm. and you know this man got healed wow and she got all excited and then just before 
uh, we finished our school year, she sent me a card and she wrote in it, but the whole thing she wrote was how Evan's life had changed. Wow. And she said, because Evan's life is changed, we are all changing. Wow. And she said, she's, you know, Evan is so excited about Jesus and about mm. the Bible, he can't stop talking. You know, and that's all she wrote me. Like nothing about math, nothing about science. You yes. know? The whole thing was, you know, how her, his life changed because of, you know, mm. uh, the the word that he's been getting. Mm. And for me, that makes my year. Yes. You know, it's not so much like okay, who got a hundred percent, and mm. you know, which grade, which class got more, you know, higher grades. It doesn't matter to me. Wow. You know, even though teaching math mm. and science is important, you know. This beautiful opportunity that God gave me to teach is mm. it's amazing, and not only there, but when the parents come, mm. and if they you know if they have a backache or something, we pray. Mm. Sometimes I encourage another teacher you know who I've been mm. teaching or verbally, you know communicating with. We would lay hands and pray, mm. and you can you can see healing. Mm. And there was another girl in our class in our school. She's in uh, she's in kindergarten, mm-hmm. right? Because the, she has um, cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it how you call it? Cerebral palsy. Uh, cerebral palsy. Or something. Palsy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. And so she really can't, you know, walk. You know, mm-hmm. people. So she has a nurse with her all the time, mm-hmm. even in school. The nurse is with her. She can't be farther than three feet from her. That's mm-hmm. like medical counsel. Legally, she can't. So, and so, you know, we've been praying for her, but then one day her mom she came crying and she said that her she fell mm. and hit her head in the back. And when they went into the MRI or whatever scan they took, it shows that it affected some part of her brain. And so she could die any any time. Mm. And the doctor was going to do a surgery. And the doctor said this surgery, because in her condition, this surgery can be deadly. Mm. And so I went in there with another teacher, laid hands on her and prayed for her. And then in the chapel, we have a chapel there, the teachers organized, even though the church is not so keen on that, <laughs> we some of the teachers organized it and we came and we had all the kids and us, you know, we, I prayed for her again and all the kids prayed for her, mm. you know, that Lord will heal her mm. before she went to the surgery. And so her mom was there, her mom was crying and then we left it at that, we kept her in our faith, that means we kept, you know, believing that God will heal her. And then after like two or three days, the doctor said, you don't need surgery anymore. Mm. He said, what was there was gone. Wow. You know, and she didn't have to get that surgery that was going to be deadly, you know. And uh, so I'm seeing more and more, my goal is to see hundreds of people healed. Wow. At the same time to see God, you know, use me to heal because it's not me, it's not any one of us, it is God's compassion and God's will for people to get healed. Hmm. And I believe that with all of my heart now, you Hmm. know. Hmm. And so I'm seeing more and more and the people that, you know, I've been teaching, they're practicing it and it is coming to pass. Hmm. Right, you know, of course it's not Hmm. like Jesus did, but I I hope one day I'll be able to do Hmm. exactly what Jesus did. (laughs) You understand, because he lives in me and the Bible says, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, then whatever Jesus did, you are able to do it. Mm-hmm. That is, 
you know, something that's ongoing in the school. And hopefully, by God's grace, uh, I'll be able to share more in the coming future mm. about what, is, what God is doing there. Shining Love's Light. You're listening to Nightlight. Melvin, as you know, our daughter Savannah was at the Florida Ballet School last year on a scholarship. And so we were following the crazy weather that they were having in Florida and Texas very closely. Huge hurricanes, typhoons, floods. You live in Texas. Were you caught up in all of that? Where in Texas do you live? I live in San Antonio. Which is in, in Texas. Texas. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so San Antonio is prone to a lot of um, uh, tornadoes. Mm. and hailstorms and you know the weather goes up and down you can't really predict mm-hmm. it's not like it has this kind of a season mm. it's just that you know just last christmas uh, we had snow mm-hmm. and usually it doesn't snow in san antonio so we had quite a lot of snow my car was covered with snow and so the weather is going crazy sometimes you know it's happening at times that it shouldn't be happening and of course you know there's a lot of talk about man-made weather and how, you know, man is able to, you know, kind of control weather to some extent. Mm-hmm. So anyway, last time, um, not this year, but last year when I was, uh, you know, staying in my house, uh, after I went back from Africa, there was some um, uh, tornadoes. Mm. And, you know, you can hear it in the news and you get alerts on your phone, mm-hmm. you know. And so every, you know, few minutes you get alerts saying, oh, the tornado is coming your way or, you know, shows which area the tornadoes are going to. So my wife and I, we were in the house, it was like in the evening, and we could see on the news and on our phone that the tornadoes were coming. There were two of them, and they were coming, you know, close to where we live, not exactly near a house, but that area. Uh, And so we were looking at it, and of course they said, you know, get in your car and quickly go to a shelter, like, you know, a bigger building or a school building or something like Walmart or something Mm -hmm. that's much more steadier. Because most of the houses in the States is made of uh, just wood. You know, they're made from studs and then they just put uh, drywall. Yes. And, you know, so most of a tornado hits, right, it's going to pull up Mm. the whole house and the people in it. And so... We have a mobile home. Mobile home is like, you know, a manufactured home. Yes. And so uh, it's much more dangerous to live in a manufactured home in the area where there's tornadoes. And so when we first started getting the uh, warnings, uh, we were getting a little bit fearful, like, oh, let's get going, you know. Mm-hmm. But the Lord told us that no stay. Mm-hmm. It's not going to come nigh thee, mm-hmm. you know. And so <laughs> now... We had a choice either to stay or to go. I could see, you know, uh, the neighbors on the other side leaving, you mm-hmm. know, going to wherever we're going. That's the common sense thing to do is to leave. And, you know, we were not doing anything in pride in the sense like, you know, if God told us to go, we would have gone. Mm-hmm. We would have gone in a car, but the Lord told us to stay. It will not come nighty. So we stayed, my wife and I, we stayed. And uh, we had a peace in our heart. And then you could see it. I mean, I've never been in a situation, on a weather situation like that as the first time. So you can see that lightnings are everywhere. Mm. You know, it's almost like constant lightning. Mm. The sky, you can't really see the sky, but the whole thing, it has a funny kind of a light. Mm. You know, even though it's dark, it has a funny kind of light and it is constant sound. And so, of course, your natural self is like getting fearful. But because God told us to stay, we stayed. 
and then you could see that news is getting worse and worse but we stayed and you know by god's grace we went to sleep and the next day we found out that the these two tornadoes they did not go in our path mm-hmm. but it went around mm-hmm. and then many houses you know trees fell down house, houses got destroyed you know and so for me i'm seeing not just in healing but i'm also seeing that the lord is able to keep us mm-hmm. in his protection mm-hmm. as long as we hear from him mm-hmm. you know sometimes the lord would say no go mm-hmm. you know and then we would have gone but the lord told us to stay and we stayed so even though you know there's a fear of a hailstorm sometimes mm-hmm. you have hail big ones you mm-hmm. know like golf balls mm-hmm. and it can uh, damage your house because mm-hmm. mostly you know the houses mobile homes or manufactured homes the houses are not made too strong mm-hmm. and so your cars can get dented you know sometimes you can see cars completely dented mm. <laughs> so you know these things come upon us but if you really believe mm. and i'm not saying that you know i'm a man of big faith or mm-hmm. anything but just to follow the lord step by step when he tells you you know mm-hmm. and then it works mm-hmm. and you know for me that was an experience because sometimes <laughs> you have to stretch your faith mm-hmm. and if you don't step out you'll never right. be able to experience what god would want to do uh-huh. you know right. and so you know it's, it's not only you know taking care of your health your finances mm. but he's concerned about your you know yes. your weather too and he has given us authority over the weather yes. you know so like jesus when he was in the boat mm. and he, there was a big storm and the disciples were you know mm-hmm. frantic and told jesus you know you don't care about us you know we're going to die mm-hmm. and Jesus rebuked them mm. you know of course he rebuked the wind and it calmed down and he rebuked them he have little faith you know so i'm learning that you know wherever god wants you to step out by faith i want to step out mm. you know and i'm seeing more and more those kind of miracles you know mm. even not just healing but also seeing miracles in my daily life that's kind of now it's coming to be normal <laughs> it's not more like like a miracle it's more almost like i'm expecting it mm-hmm. you know yeah so that's one thing about weather that in you know every year we get hit with mm-hmm. you know tornadoes and hail and all kinds of stuff but yes. you know the lord is with us and the bible says none of these things will come now you're dwelling and so i believe it and you know by god's grace it's working You can't change the stormy weather You can't change the sands of time You can't change the rugged mountain So it's easier to climb But you can change somebody's life Just by giving them your own One by one we'll change the world Come on, sing this song It might take a little while You can change your friends Just by giving them a smile You can change the world And we've got so little time To chase away the darkness And fill the world with light You can't stop the rain from falling You can't stop the ocean's tide You can't stop the sun from shining Even if you try But you can stop that empty feeling Of being all alone 
Just put love in someone's life, you'll find love is in your own. You can change yourself. It might take a little while. Just by giving them a smile And we've got so little time To chase away the darkness And fill the world with light Just by giving them a smile You can change the world And we've got so little time To chase away the darkness And fill the world with light You can change yourself It might take a little while You can change your friends Just a little smile You can change the world There's so little time To chase away the darkness And fill the world with light a little while Just a little smile We've got so little time To chase away the darkness And fill the world with light Just a little while Just a little smile We've got so little time To chase away the darkness And fill the world with light delightful children's version of his own composition, You Can Change the World. Our guest on Nightlight, Melvin, has certainly been changing the lives of many of the children at the school where he teaches through teaching them God's Word. But Melvin, of course, your Bible teaching in the U.S. isn't just confined to the school. You've been teaching other students in other places. In the time left, tell us some of those testimonies. Uh, Yes, Simon. Uh, You know, since last seven years, I've been... uh, uh, we used to live down south by South Texas, mm-hmm. by uh, Mexico, border of Mexico. And that's where my uh, kids went to the university. And so we stayed there. And um, I've been teaching quite a few people there, like on a regular basis. But uh, especially this uh, couple, Alex and Rosalinda. Since 2010, I've been going and teaching them. Mm -hmm. And basically, I teach them all that I teach you guys here on the radio Mm -hmm. and even more. And this couple has really, really grown to where now, you know, their faith in God has increased. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now they're learning to walk as a child of God. You know, there's a difference is we can walk as uh, normal Christians who are dependent on the carnal reasoning and on the carnal mind Mm -hmm. and just pray for God to do something to supply their needs, you know, or answer their prayer. And that is fine, you know, know, but God expects us to walk as a child of God Mm -hmm. or a son of God, Mm -hmm. you know, and that takes a little bit more than just expecting God to just supply our needs. That, you know, that means you have to get a mind renewed Mm. to the Word of God, to who we are in Christ, Mm -hmm. you know. And so now uh, it's a different walk. Mm -hmm. You know, now we are learning to walk uh, in the Spirit and not so much in the flesh. Anyway, that's a different class, but I won't get into it. 
But Alex and Rosalinda, they've been learning to do that. And so every time they get a chance, they are witnessing, you mm-hmm. know, at their work. Rosalinda, she has a, a, a restaurant and she teaches in the sense like, you know, not like a Bible class, but she's constantly bringing out the lessons mm. that God is teaching, you know, showing her. And Alex, he's, you know, in his work, he's, people are looking up to him now. Mm-hmm. In the sense, it's like he's changed so much, mm-hmm. you know, his spirit, the way he talks, the way he believes, he's changed so much that people come to him for counsel and, you know, they're constantly looking up to him mm-hmm. for guidance. And mainly that's because he's been spending his time in the world. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, they're moving also into this sphere of, a healing where they're expecting God to heal yeah. more in their lives. And Alex, you know, last time uh, he had a testimony went up to there. I've been talking to uh, him about uh, the power of your words. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you speak, you know, sometimes we use words idly mm-hmm. and we talk about sickness and disease more than we talk about healing mm-hmm. and what God can do, you mm-hmm. know. And so he had a, a tree in his mother's uh, <laughs> compound that his mother was going to cut it down because he said that uh, the tree was not bearing any flowers or any fruit mm-hmm. for eight years. And so she told Alex, go cut it down. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> Alex went to cut it down and then he then he realized that he has power in his words. I mean, this is amazing. So he hugged the tree and talked <laughs> to the tree and said, tree, you know, <laughs> you will live. You understand? You will produce fruit. And he talked to the tree in a loving way. You understand? I mean, this is crazy, right? I mean, actual tree hugger. I, I, a tree hugger, and uh, <laughs> you know, he thought he was crazy. His wife thought he was crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. But he did it. He just applied my faith. He said, mm-hmm. "Okay, this is what's going to happen." And then he didn't cut it down. He told his mother, "Give us some time," mm-hmm. you know. And I think it took like a month or so. I don't know exact time, but the tree started flowering, you know. And mm-hmm. the streets are flowering and the streets are bearing fruit. Wow. And so he was all excited that it actually worked, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's what holds us back yes. is a carnal thinking. Yes. Carnal thinking means thinking like a man, thinking mm-hmm. like according to the thoughts of a man. But mm-hmm. if you step out and do something crazy, like you do something that is extraordinary for you, but it is a normal for God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's all excited. So he's uh, now when I go, I'm teaching him more and more on the importance of our words mm-hmm. because our words are very powerful, not just yes. whether we speak, you know, uh, we have used abusive words mm-hmm. or we're using, you know, cultured words like right. a Christian words, but that's not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about every idle word. Mm-hmm. An idle word is a word that is not in line with God's word, mm-hmm. you know. So when we say things like, oh, this sickness is, that cough is going to make re- make you really sick, your word has power, mm-hmm. you know. And so we say things like that. We are used to like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to go out there and get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. See, instead of saying that, be careful when you're out there, you know, or it is dangerous, you actually pronounce something. And mm-hmm. see, those are idle words and those are power, mm-hmm. you know. And so when we start learning to check our words and see if it is in lining with God's word. Mm-hmm. And then when we use God's word, now it has more power because you're not just all day, you're not speaking idle words. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Alex and Rosalinda, for that matter, is trying it out and it is working. Wow. And some of uh, you know uh, their friends and even uh, their relatives, mm-hmm. they're not very happy with them. 
you know, because they used to go to a Catholic church. I see. You know, and now they can see their lives change. Right. Rosalinda is not going shopping like she used to go shopping. Right. You know, she used to, every weekend, she would go with her cousins and all they do is just buy stuff they don't need. Right. But now she goes out with them, but she's like, no, I don't need that. Are they from Latino background? Yes. Alex, yes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're Hispanic, mm. you know. And so yeah. their cousins are getting upset with them. It's like, why are you not buying? He says, look, I don't need it. I have enough shoes. I don't need that, <laughs> you know. But again, you know, even in conversation, she's like saying, look, do we have to gossip? Mm -hmm. Do we have to gossip about that person? Mm -hmm. And so now their cousins, whose mind is not renewed mm -hmm. to the truth, they are kind of rejecting her. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, it's not fun to go out with you because you are not, mm -hmm. you know, just because she's just being what God wants her to be. Mm -hmm. And she's more loving than she was, you know, mm -hmm. four years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, she cares for them. She loves them. And she's always there to help them. Mm -hmm. But they don't see that as a, Yes. You know, they want the, her to be <laughs> like she was before. But all, all that I'm trying to say, Simon, is that a daily intake of God's Word mm. changes not just your behavior. Mm -hmm. It changes who you are. Right. You know? Tell us about your own intake of God's Word because, I mean, you're spending a lot of time teaching. You must spend a lot of time uh, studying God's Word to have all of this to teach. Tell us about your devotional time with the Lord or your Bible study time, uh, the input that that you receive from God's yeah. Word? So, I mean, I want to say this um, uh, not to boast, right, or not to make people mm -hmm. feel bad. But the thing is, like, in the last, uh, since I've been coming to Africa mm -hmm. and going back, uh, almost every day I spend at least three hours wow. in God's Word. Yes. You know, not just reading it, but I... I study it. Mm. I do research, you know, uh, and I study it. For me, it's not work. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, most of my time as a missionary, I had to force myself to read God's Word. It was mm. like an obligation. Right. You know, I thought that, oh, if I don't get my one hour mm. of devotions, you know, mm. or break it up and get it during the week, uh, day, then somehow I'm failing God. And... Uh, God is not happy with me and that my blessings, you know, for the day, for the week is dependent mm. on me studying God's word. In a way, that is okay and it is good, but most of the time I would forget what I read because mm. my intention was to finish that one hour, mm. you understand? And so even though it would give me, you know, some kind of uh, input, mm. but it wasn't really renewing my mind mm. to the level that God wanted me to get it renewed. Mm -hmm. And so I prayed really hard, I mean, for God to give me a delight. You know, the Bible says, you know, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law that he meditate day and night. And I wasn't in that level. Like, I didn't have the delight. You know, obligation didn't give me the delight. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I asked the Lord to please help me to have the delight. Mm -hmm. And one way I've been having the delight is by teaching it. You know, once I started coming to Africa, I've seen the need to teach. And so people ask me questions. And so I go back and study it, mm -hmm. you know, so that I started getting into the Word. And now I have a delight, you know, in the Lord. And it came because God gave me that grace and also because of necessity. Mm. You know, people ask me questions, so I have to study it. But then I started seeing more and more in God's Word that was getting me all excited, things mm. I have never seen before. Oh, I never read before, you know, and so I started spending more and more time. 
And I started realizing that I don't have to sit down at a certain time to be able to do it. You can do it. Now with mm. my cell phone, mm -hmm. I have my Bible, you know, audio on it. And, mm. you know, so that uh, or even some some people's uh, messages that I listen to, not everybody, you know, and I listen to someone that too can take me to a different level, mm -hmm. not just getting uh, devotional mm -hmm. in the sense it sounds good and it is, mm -hmm. you know, feeding, but I want something that challenges me to step out and, and you know, do more. And so I listen to that. So it takes me 30 minutes to go to my school. <laughs> so I spend 30 minutes in my car just listening. Mm -hmm. I don't put on any songs. I don't, you know, I don't even listen to Christian songs, even though I do that for my inspiration some other time. But in the morning, I just listen to God's word. Mm. And sometimes I record my own words mm. or my own classes that you have recorded. I listen mm. to it, you understand, and get more out of it. And then, of course, I teach for an hour mm. and then I drive 30 minutes back mm. and then I get another 30 minutes. And then when I come home, uh, I love to cook. So I cook a meal for my wife <laughs> and for myself. And then I get into my study and I spent at least another two hours mm. just going through classes that God wants me to prepare and I study it. Mm. You know, and as soon as God gives me a class, I go and teach it. Right. And so I keep it, you know. Mm. And so now that's become common. Mm. Now sometimes I drive four hours from San Antonio to uh, McAllen. That's four hours drive and four hours drive back. So I leave at five in the morning. I have four hours of work time there. <laughs> then I teach four hours of Bible class. And then I drive back and I have four hours of uh, work back. So I have got sometimes like 12 hours. It's not every day, but most of the days I get uh, between two and three hours on the whole, you know. And now that has created a vacuum in me that, you know, all, everything that I'm studying, I, I meditate on it. I take the words. And whether I'm in the bathroom, you know, wherever I am, you know, waiting for something in an office or mm. wherever, I let it go through my mind. And so, in a way, my mind gets renewed uh, even when, you know, I'm not having a study. Mm. And that's what the Bible says, you know. I haven't reached anywhere, uh, so I don't want to make anyone feel like, oh, you know. Mm. But the thing is, once the delight mm -hmm. for God's Word comes in, you can't help it. Right. It's almost like an addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're addicted to alcohol or you're addicted to drugs. Mm -hmm. You want to have it. Mm -hmm. And God's word has that positive addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, once you dive in and you really want to, and you see new things come out, mm -hmm. you know, from the same scripture you've been reading for 25 years, mm -hmm. now God reveals something new. Mm -hmm. And so you get addicted to want to know more, mm -hmm. you know, and you can see that even you know, your, your thinking, the way you act with people, the mm. way you react with people, even your communication mm. is changing. You mm -hmm. know, I, I'm seeing that my words, now I speak, are bringing more life than death. The minute something critical comes out of my mouth, mm -hmm. the Spirit of God says, uh-huh, let's not talk about it. Yeah. You know, so I'm able to withdraw. And so I'm seeing it's all the fruit of the Word. Yes, It's not because I'm holier than anybody else, you know. Yeah. But so that is, you know, exciting and I want to keep it up till, till the day God calls me home. <laughs> <laughs> 
Melvin, thanks so much for being with us, and we look forward to you teaching some of your classes on Nightlight while you're here. We're off now to the airport to pick up Uday from India, who's going to be partnering you for the next six weeks. And, well, we'll keep you guys in our prayers as you head off up country on your mission. God bless you. Thank you, Simon. Thank you for having me, and I'm, uh, thank you for all your prayers out there who are praying for me, and thank you for all your help. God bless you guys, and hopefully I'll be able to teach another class soon. Thank you.